The I Am Independent podcast with Loretta and Bianca. Stories, advice and discussions to resource, encourage and support independent music artists. So welcome to the I'm Independent podcast with Loretta and Bianca. This week we are talking PRS royalties. Um, we sat down with um, Matthew Ojar, who works for PRS, and we just talked about everything, collections, the money, um, how do you register, um, why should you register, um, how you get paid, how the money is, you know, distributed to you, and, you know, even just why it's important to register your work and when it's played, if, even if you're a songwriter, because, you um, PRS don't necessarily track every single thing and how that whole system works so we hope this is helpful and we recorded this quite some time ago but everything is relevant here so yeah see you on the flip side we are going to be talking PRS today Uh, Matthew Ojar is our guest Um, He's a member services representative at PRS for Music with 10 years experience in his field, advising, assisting and steering people through the world of songwriting royalties. Well, Matt's also a songwriter and artist in his own right, so he knows a thing or two. Uh, about this stuff. Thank you so much for being our guest today, Matthew. Hello, glad to be here. It's good, good to awesome. be here. Awesome. Yeah, um, royalties and PRS is such a, there's so much mystery around it for the artist. And we yeah. put out a survey um, just asking artists what sort of information um, they would want to know that we could create that would be really useful. And PRS, royalties, how to get paid was literally the number one question. Yeah. Um, so, what is PRS? Well, PRS is a royalty collection society um, for songwriters. We're the only one that exists in the UK. So, if you're a songwriter or a composer mm-hmm. and you want to get your income, you want to get income for that, you'd have to join PRS mm-hmm. in order to collect for that income. So, on a simple basis, we really collect money and we distribute money to songwriters. Yeah. And um, how does how do artists join? Um, they basically just go to the website, which yeah. is www.prsmusic.com. Mm-hmm. And they just go to it's, the website can be a little bit confusing yeah. for a lot of people. Yes. Uh, that, so that's why I mean, I guess that's why I've got a job <laughs> is to get, guide people through there. Um, but on, when you go to the website on the left hand, you'll see the piano hands. Mm. And I think you select the option want to join. Mm. Um, and then from there you go to write a composer. Yeah. I write music. But then there's a loads of different options so, there that make it, but they only lead to two places, yeah. oh, okay. which is confusing. So you see all these different sections, but they all kind of lead to the same yeah. place. So, I mean, we're constantly speaking to management about simplifying mm. down those things, really. Yeah. Um, but, as you know, it takes money to make money, investment. Yeah. We're not for profit organisation. Yeah as well so investment into that infrastructure to make sure that we can sort of keep on re- we've just launched something new I think mm-hmm. with the um, with the set lists mm-hmm. for people doing live mm-hmm. performances but it's great because if there were I know if I have any issues I can call and you guys there's always somebody there yeah. and you're really helpful so that's good there's always yeah you are <laughs> um, so if you do have issues with the website you can you can just call and someone definitely walks you through yeah sometimes it can be I've heard it can be tough to find the number as well so maybe, maybe oh, I should really? just tell you then that the, yeah, for the writers I believe it's 0203 741 4801 mm-hmm. that's from memory I think so, yeah so yeah I, think, I don't think I've had any issues there's a separate admissions number but they all come to the same team yeah. all the all the calls 
calls come to come to weeks so we deal with all pretty any mm-hmm. membership calls I deal mm-hmm. with pretty much and how much is it to join it's a hundred pound currently one off fee oh, for lifetime up. membership yep it's gone up oh, I've got in that lifetime lifetime yeah it's a one off fee for lifetime membership there was a time it was like freeing and ten pound out of your first royalty statement oh. and that's when the floodgates opened yeah. and I think we let in loads of yeah. members uh-huh. and then they put up to 30 yeah. then 50 and now it's gone up to 100 and I haven't heard about a change going up again yeah. but so I think 100 is the price I mean it, it, it might be quite a bit pricey for the artist but it is it's the one time you have to pay yeah. and then mm. it's and an then investment it. really into your I think can't not um, for anyone thinking oh that that's too much maybe I can just get away with not being a part of um, PRS and, and I think every artist has heard of PRS but they're like yeah, yeah I kind of know what it does but I don't really how important is it for yeah. an independent artist to be registered with PRS um, I think it's vitally yeah. vitally important yeah. I think the only thing you have to gauge is when to join mm. and I think it's important to have that understanding that oh, okay I'm going to join at this particular time so there's three main sort of things I'd say is the time to join and that's whether you're radio you've got stuff on radio television or you're performing live a lot outside of quote unquote religious venues mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that would be the time to join if you perform quite regularly because we've got a gigs and club scheme which is uh, pays out like £6 a gig mm-hmm. and that's for even smaller gigs mm-hmm. and clubs so you can imagine if you perform quite regularly that yeah, £6 adds up yeah. and then eventually you know so I'd say if you perform regularly that's a little earner that you can always have that will eventually recoup that £100 you put yeah, in absolutely. TV, radio definitely join if you've got your stuff on TV or radio they're the three criteria. a lot of people want to join for online but I do say to them look online doesn't pay out the greatest through PRS so try and get yourself in one of those three categories if you're in one of those three categories join PRS also we've got MCPS membership but that's more for I'd say if you've got a record or you've got a song that's been signed to a label that's being released and you're not self-releasing it it's actually being released by a label then join for that so don't necessarily MCPS. do it if you're putting out um, an album or an EP by yourself not MCPS PRS definitely mm-hmm. but not MCPS because MCPS you, the licensees have to pay and if you're self-releasing you have to pay that licensing fee to what pay yourself back what have you got covering your album um, then you will you would have to pay to yeah. license that particular yeah. product but you'd only probably have to pay for that one cover the one yeah. song that you I, I, did, I just bought an album and I had yeah. a track on there that was a cover and I had to pay um, for that track on like say the CD so yeah. it wasn't a lot because yeah, um, you're not going to do like uh, you know thousands and thousands of copies so yeah. it was per the amount of copies that you're going to get printed yeah. um, but yeah I did have to do the NCPS bit. Yeah, NCPS yeah, yeah. Yeah. so just yeah. to be clear every every independent artist should register with PRS yes um, if you're if you're going to release something that's attached to a label, then yeah. you need the MCPS. Yes, mm-hmm. which is a separate membership. Again. Separate yeah. membership again. Oh, is it hundred now? Yeah, that's also that's gone up as well right. recently. So. so it's important for independent artists to realise that they probably don't need that, but yeah. they they will need to license anything that's that's cover music. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. And right. what I'd say is, obviously, as an artist, but you have to be a songwriter and composer and have that songwriting share on it because you have people who obviously just perform on records and they think we should join PRS you should, PPL would be your yeah. place that you go for that but PRS if you're a songwriter and PPL has a whole other podcast <laughs> yeah. we'll, yeah. we'll cover I that in two that's why we're doing it I need, to, I need to get that information I need the hows and the whys of PPL yeah. but yeah a whole number of podcasts <laughs> um, so how do you how, just tell us how it works so okay. you you join PRS yes. um, you, you're, going, you're gigging you're doing you know maybe you're going to have some radio play mm. there's some online um, you could be earning from there 
how how do you are you earn from a track okay so in terms of prs you've got the so the main the main revenue sources are radio television and live performances online is one but i'll, I'll get to online probably a bit after tv and radio the first thing anybody has to do when they join PRS is register your works. Mm -hmm. That's the number one thing that everybody who joins has to do. So once you join, you get your application back. You have to go online, create an online account, which is separate than doing the membership, and people mm -hmm. don't realise that. You have to actually create an online account, get that online account set up. Once you're in there, start registering every work you ever want to claim for mm -hmm. as a PRS member. And that's the first step. So the first mm -hmm. step is registering the works because the, all the money that comes through flows through those registrations. So those registrations have to be right. They have to be correct. After that, um, if it's radio or TV, we've got something called a distribution schedule, which means that there's time frames with which you can then expect the payment. And so what you do, and this is a little bit of a, a, a weird kind of, con it's a thing that people don't always know is that PRS don't actually do a royalty tracking service which means that we don't sort of actually sort of track and see where everything's being used. Mm. The way it works is that we have licensees mm -hmm. and they report to us on what's used. So um, BBC, for example, they will have their shows. They, you have someone there that will collate the set list or the cue sheets that are being used, and then we get the returns of that. Now, when we get that in, we then match that with what we have on the system and what's registered. So this is why the registrations are so important. Mm -hmm. And then we pay out on that basis. However, there's a, there's a time delay. So anything, for example, January to March doesn't get paid until the July distribution. Yeah. And you can't actually raise a query until after that July distribution. Mm. And you know that's gone on. And when you do raise a query, you need to have all the details of where it's used. But mm. we don't provide that because wow. as an organisation, we just have too many members. We've got over like 100,000 yeah. members. We have thousands of licensees. So there's no way for us to know where everything's being used. Wow. We just rely on the good reporting that we get from the different... And, and to be honest, the, the rates of matching are quite high considering all of that. Is I think we're definitely in the high 90s of what we match. So nearly everything mm -hmm. that comes in does get matched to something and paid out. So it's interesting because when we were just speaking um, before and I wrote... Um, I just wanted to, before we we'll talk about it on on it. I wrote for an album that was nominated for a MOBO, but you know, you know that it... it you know, it was performed and it did things and there was some sales in different places. But I didn't receive any money from that. And, you know, we waited for the time, you know, waited for the distribution payout or whatever. And I didn't get any that time. And said, or maybe it'd be in the next one. Mm -hmm. And then there was nothing there. Mm -hmm. But you know that, well, they were, I should have got something, even yeah. if it was a small amount. Um, if I so I need to have I need to know specifically where that that that, yeah, that track has, was played and yeah. performed live and I need yeah we need to well in, in terms of live performances you, you report the live performances yourself mm -hmm. anyway so live performances always report them no matter where it's small big large always report them you even can't do it for level. the artist like the artist has the artist no no the people. songwriters themselves can can do it so okay. even if you're just one say you're one songwriter on a track that maybe has a four-way split yeah. you yourself can still be the one person to submit the live right. performances and when the money comes out everybody gets paid because it pays out as per oh, the registration okay. so really as long as someone within that registration right. is reporting the live performances the money should be coming through oh that's interesting yeah and so with TV and radio it works in the way I've said that we get the reporting we match it to what we have there's a three or four month period delay the distribution schedule is on the website in a way so you can, you can see that and see where things pay out and then, yeah, it just pays out on that basis, really. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's 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 really really interesting. So, how does um, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify? How does that come into? I know it's tricky. Now. It's tricky. <laughs> we get to asking those stuff. tricky questions. Let, <laughs> no, let's. It's good. Yeah. It's I get these questions all the time. So it's no, good. but it's, it's like it's a hot topic right now. Yeah, yeah. So, of course. Um, yeah. yeah, how? Just explain that in terms no, of PRS. That's definitely where the industry. Mm. is not even heading it like is there um, but the money that gets paid out from uh, PRS isn't large for those sort of no. things the main reason being is that the licensing fee that we get from these services is not it's big but then when you think about the amount of music those services use and you break it down on a per usage basis wow, right. it gets really low it's really small so for example in the UK uh, YouTube's about 30,000 hits for about £5 worth of royalties and that's UK views as well. It's really, it's on like a pan-European basis. It's a, it's a complicated thing. But there is an option on the website to report YouTube usage. So if you have got a YouTube link that you know is doing pretty well, definitely report it. And report it before it gets too big. Like if you know it's, you can report it at any stage. Once it's up, you can report it. Mm-hmm. So just to clarify, I can have a track, you know, released a, a, a video yes. for a song. And I, it's not all. I'm not automatically going to be paid. I have to. Um, some you do, you do get. I do see YouTube usage going out to people, and I know they haven't like matched it. But the yeah. best way to ensure that you're that it is that it's in the system is to report it, just to make sure that it is going to work. Better. If the IR, I'm going to talk IR, ISRC code, okay. um, and I'll let you explain that, but if that is embedded into the track, will it automatically be found? Because well, that's what the hope is, isn't it? Yeah, the ISRC codes are what PPL deal with, so mm-hmm. because they're separate to us, we don't actually deal with ISRCs as an organisation. Right. So our matching processes are just based on registrations okay. and the reporting we get in, and we match on that basis. So the ISRCs don't actually, even if you've embedded that, that's for PPL's purposes, right. so they pay for that. So sorry guys, we'll explain what ISRC codes in the PPL podcast. <laughs> I'll explain what it is. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's an international good. standard recording mm, code, mm. and it's basically what you use as a sound recording, it's what differentiates each sound yeah. recording in the world. So it, every time you've got a sound recording of something, so even if you've got one copyright, one song, mm-hmm. but you record it different times, they'll have different ISRC codes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a barcode for music. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I guess in, in terms of PRS for the independent artist, um, I, I know, and this is something that I've seen that you, you've written about before, in, in really having the long game in view. Yeah. Sometimes it can take a long time for a songwriter to earn any money, but that oh, can yeah. go up very dramatically, quite quickly, can't it? It, it can. Mm. I mean, the good thing about where I work is I get to see everybody's money, which I always find really interesting. I don't deliberately like dig into people's yeah. money, and obviously whatever I see is confidential. Yeah. That's why I can't say any names. But I do see, like you can see people's story through their money mm. it's interesting because mm. you can see like like Ed, no no they'll say any names but people can join they have zero royalties then the next year they might have three grand mm. then the next year they might have five grand mm. then suddenly you might just see a jump yeah. of like 30 grand and then 100 grand and mm. you can you see those stories through people and realise everybody starts in the same place yeah. and that's the interesting thing about sort of working there you get to see that yeah people's money can definitely jump up um, but I think the main thing that I've realised is that in order to see somebody's um, it's all based around visibility in my opinion so whatever you actually see that you think should be making money probably will be making money in my opinion just from what I've, what I've seen 
So in the, in the light of what you've just said then for mm. independent artists, yes. um, in some sense the struggle is being seen because mm. you don't have a label behind you. True. Um, but at the same time, it, it's um, never been easier to be seen in some senses yeah. today because of social media, but then there is that competition there. Definitely. Um, it, traditionally, you know, the, the money's gone to labels, through labels, and the majority yeah. to the label rather yeah. than the artists even. Definitely. But in terms of PRS, it, it, is PRS the friend of independent artists? Yeah. Do you think that they uh, are, are something that is really helpful and on the side of the independent artists? Um, a million percent. The majority of people I speak to are literally just songwriters doing it by themselves, um, and they're making money through PRS. Mm. Um, I think you never know the level of infrastructure a person has mm -hmm. apart from whether they are just joined as a member as a writer member I mean you do have publishers as well we do obviously have publishers who will sign your copyright for a certain period of time probably a long period of time but yeah. for that they're going to provide publishing services and so you have people, you have publishers who are members um, as well but independents are definitely make up a huge base of what we deal with a lot of what I deal with even I work on the publisher team currently but I've worked on the writer team before I've worked on all different teams and with writers there's everyone who joins is an independent writer because they don't have the infrastructure behind them to and it's a good way as I said for them to earn because if they're doing live performances they're out and about actually putting in the legwork they're seeing a bit of a return on the back end from coming from PRS and so we're definitely songwriters, friends, I'd like to think. Um, not everyone may see it that way, but I, I, definitely, I definitely believe so. Just a quick reminder that we have a growing library of really useful videos on our YouTube page, including interviews with artists and music industry insiders sharing their experience and expertise. Search IMR on YouTube or visit our website www.iamindependent.co.uk. So what happens, there must be a lot of unclaimed money out there. Um, like people who just don't register their stuff, but they it's it's being played and they yeah they they do but doing the live shows yeah doing the live shows. Well, the thing is, it's all based on around pots of money that yeah. kind of move as well. When I mean kind of move, so for example, you have the BBC licensing fee, which would be because BBC are big, the biggest licensee in the yeah. UK, so they pay out the most for sort of stuff being. Is that paid. where our TV license goes? Yeah, yeah, it goes on. It goes on on. <laughs> Licensing, yeah, licensing yeah. for them. So radio and TV, there's the bigger uh, end of things. So what happens is those those pots pretty much have periods of time associated with them. So for example, um, and that's why we have things like effective dates because when somebody joins, the way it works is a licensing fee is just for a, a radio station to use copywritten material. It's not attributed to any particular person. So we just get a big pot of money in from the mm -hmm. licensee. Now, how to know where to distribute that depends upon the members joining and joining a registration. Part of the registration that you do is when you sign up, you actually sign a mandate to allow PRS to collect on your behalf. Mm -hmm. So before that period, we don't actually even have the right to collect for your right. specific income. But as I said, it's a licensing fee that's mm -hmm. for copywritten material mm -hmm. generally. So it is effectively just faceless money. Yeah. But then that faceless money now has to be broken down into the membership. So what happens is we pay out 
who those who are our members and then there may be so the end of the period may come and if there is any excess money then there can be adjustments which are done to the money that's already paid out to make sure that money's out the door because as a not-for-profit organization we don't want to hold on to money so some people might get more money well it's something that adjusts the overall value of what a station is paying out right so for example like bbc may pay out something for the whole year and you'll see i can't remember what it's called you'll see something where it's like an spd adjustment adjustment which just basically means that the licensing fee has adjusted due to the fact of we've paid out the money these are all the people that are members during this period because there is even for members who are already members you can only go back to an effective date of when you first joined or three years depending on which ones i always forget later Mm-hmm. So, so I was going to ask, can you backdate your only very your limited time frames? Very limited time what, frames. What sort of time so frame? currently, if you join today, you'd mm-hmm. only be able to go back until January. Like so, you know, that means you've been a member for a long time. Three years. If you've been a member for three <laughs> years, you can go back three years for radio and TV. So three years is the maximum you can maximum. Go back. Yeah, right. at any time you can go back uh, for radio and TV. For live performances, it's a year for smaller venues, but it's all dependent on your effective date. So say, for example, if you called and you were like, how far can I go back? I would look at your account and Mm -hmm. I'd I'd see when you joined. And then based on that would be what I'd have to say to you because it depends on when you've joined as to when when you can backdate. So it would be three, if you've been a member for three years, you could go back three years for radio and TV. Live performances, smaller ones, a year, gigs Mm -hmm. and clubs scheme. For may for like major festivals and major concerts, three years as well. Right. Okay. Yeah, so it's so once you're a member, the there is more wiggle room, yeah. but that effective date is in stone because we don't have the mandate to collect for you before that date, yeah. unfortunately. So it's just important for artists to at least join as soon as yeah, they can, absolutely. and because you just they never know where your the path your career is going to take. Exactly. So as long exactly. as you're part of PRS. Yeah. You, you know, you can you have that opportunity to be able to earn money from what you're doing. Absolutely. What about from an international perspective? Do, yes. do PRS collect internationally? We do. We've got reciprocal agreements in place, which mean that we basically collect for other societies, and they pay to us, they pay out to us as well. Um, so it's like it's almost like good faith agreements, but stronger mm-hmm. than a good faith mm-hmm. agreement because it's actually signed agreements between us and different societies, which means that if your stuff gets paid in USA, but then the US collection societies, there's ASCAP and there's BMI, yeah. will collect the money and then they'll pass it on to us, yeah. which we will then pay on to the members. That time frame, however, can be a long period of time, can be 12 to 18 months. Mm-hmm. As well as that, I'd always suggest if it's something that is, you definitely want to make sure is going to be paid, that you actually report it yourself again mm-hmm. via the website. It's an option to report overseas usage via the website as well. Okay. Again, more things you put into that kind of system just help to, well, because if you come yeah. 12 months down the line and you say I haven't got any money the person you speak to on the phone will say did you report it via the online system yeah. so just to make sure if it's something that you're that's important if it's something you know in America that was done that was important mm. for example you just want to make sure it's reported the money may come yeah. through automatically and I couldn't tell you percentage wise how likely it is but I see it paid out all the time so it definitely is coming through I can see it from all different territories mm. money being paid and coming back yeah. in that way so as an artist it's important to register your work yes um, and register the usage, all the usage you can find of your work? Um, not really, not really, because for radio and TV, we won't accept the usage anyway. Mm-hmm. It's more just a case of, you probably need to have an eye on it. Have an eye on it. But as a songwriter as well, I was yes. going to say, you need to, you need to kind of approach it in the same way. So even yes. if you've written for somebody else, don't necessarily expect them 
wait for them to be doing all of that actually yeah, register that's right. things just in yourself that, that's right yeah right. And, and what I'd say for PRS just generally as an organisation it is quite admin heavy for songwriters particularly mm. who don't have a publisher mm. what you'll see is certain times when people get to a certain level they may get a publisher because the admin might just be too much mm. for them um, and, and a publisher will offer that royalty tracking service so a lot of times I'll get calls from maybe independent writers that go should I sign a publishing deal but it's not it's not for everyone mm. some people can do some people as I said to you before like you have the you have two different minds you've got the creative mind and you've got the admin mind yeah. and even yeah. as an artist I've realised like they're two different worlds yes. and I tr- and it's hard to step between the two yeah. to be honest and some people you speak to them they're amazing songwriters but they just don't have the yeah, admin brain to do it yeah. um, so on a very basic level as long as they get the works registered and they report their live performances at a minimum then they, they can see some sort of return yeah. mm-hmm. do you know what I mean it means you don't have to be too involved in it mm-hmm. but there's, there's definitely levels to it as well yeah. in terms of what you can do um, and, and how much you can put in but yeah it's definitely important I think to for writers to you have to kind of stay on, on board with it you have to stay on yeah, board with it. it you almost have to royalty track it yourself because you have to kind of yeah. think okay so this performance was done then and I, I do speak to writers that do this they'll go okay that performance was done then This I performed at, uh, I had my track played on BBC okay I should expect that in that distribution when it doesn't go into that distribution then you'll get an email from them giving them us all the information and then because we've got like I work on um, where I work I'm actually doing financial adjustments as well so I would get a query like that and then I'll be look, actually physically going through the systems, finding that and then paying it out. Wow. So the reason our department exists is for that reason as well. So if there's things that haven't been paid out, as long as you have a level of information, yeah. we, we can do the mm-hmm. we can do the investigation well, and that's really good the adjustments mm-hmm. to that's do really. really good. That's really good. I'm learning. I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> learning my business. There's a lot of, there's a lot yeah. of like clouds around PRS because yeah, before even yeah. I joined them like when, when I joined it was PRS MCPS Alliance and I went yeah, for the interview and I had no yeah. idea I was like who, who is this company I've never heard of them yeah. I'm sure even now some people haven't even heard of PRS for music yeah. but it's such an integral part of if you're a songwriter like I think it'd be quite a good idea if you're up for it Matthew at some point for us to have some kind of semi-regular PRS clinic and yeah, we, perhaps sure. we could get artists to email in their PRS yeah, questions yeah, sure. yeah, and do that we, we've probably run out of time now and that's yeah. an amazing overview but it'd be it's an ongoing struggle with PRS oh, but you're on our side aren't you yeah yeah I'm definitely I mean I'm a, I'm a songwriter myself yeah. so like I am definitely when I speak to people I feel nothing but sympathy for like, I guess being an artist yourself as well you have extra sympathy to know what oh it's like oh yeah definitely yeah, yeah definitely it's, it's hard being an independent artist yeah. and so you know more 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 love more power to people yeah. really navigating those waters definitely I've got a quick question and then like we'll round up sure. a little bit um, it's hard for I always want to know how, where they how they can earn and you did mention the live the thing about you know your gigs and earning from that see i haven't been doing that with my yeah. gigs so can you just quickly give us a rundown of you do a gig yeah what do you do with prs then you can do it two ways because you've got the year time frame you could save up all your gigs right. and then go right. back and just report Hideous, back like, week long admin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly you can just yeah. sit down and do it all in i mean with the new set list um system we've got it is a lot easier okay. they've changed it now mm-hmm. so I think a lot of people used to find it a bit of a struggle before yeah. it's a lot simpler now mm-hmm. to do um, so you can just save it 
up and just do it all in one go or you could just do it every time you perform just go on and yeah. or do a clump of five or yeah, you know it's, yeah. it's however you kind of want to yeah. do it but definitely save them write them down have them there know what your set list was for it and then get the reporting really and it's a live just include sorry to interrupt you live no, is it live like a live night what about when you do these live sessions online you get recorded is that something different um it, or it does have to be in a live music venue then, oh, they have or, to have a yeah, yeah yeah or a pub or a club yeah um, in order to do the gigs and clubs, yeah. just so it's because it's all based on the licensing Absolutely. fee again, mm-hmm. yeah, that we get from those organisations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to finish them, Matthew, any anything else that you were just burning to tell independent artists? If you said, I just wish independent artists knew this or would oh, bear gosh. this in mind, or things. I know um, we're really um, squeezing the information out. No, of you. it's not. not a problem. <laughs> My top uh, top things that I would probably say is just um, always get independent legal advice before signing any publishing contract. Mm. Be I don't want to say be careful because I'm not coming I'm not coming against any organisations, but be mindful yeah. and research about if you're going to sign up to pro services via the website via like CD Baby. You know, you've got CD mm. Baby Pro, you've got. Um, TuneCore Pro and these services actually are publishing contracts that you're entering into oh, nice. so make sure you know what you're doing when you're yeah. doing that because they may work for you but actually just know what just know doing. what you're signing because mm-hmm. it's not always easy to I don't know how easy those services are to come out of them mm-hmm. but for example you might have your work already registered with PRS next thing you'll go onto the PRS system and you'll see there's a publisher assigned mm-hmm. to your who's taken a percentage of your royalties mm-hmm. and you may not have known when you signed up for that pro service that's what you're actually doing right. and a pro service with another, on another platform that will help yeah. you to just get your stuff done yeah um, yeah, yeah exactly so yeah. See, uh, the main ones I know are CD Baby and TuneCore Pro right. and those two are the ones that I've had queries about where people say right. oh why is this a publisher that's appeared on my work and I'm like well did you sign up to that and they said yes and then it's like well you've kind invented into a publishing contract of sorts and so it's just be mindful of that and just keep yourself open to learning Mm. I think that would be as I said like downstairs just keep yourself open to learning especially with this world this is a world that I don't know it all like I've worked there 10 years I don't know and it's changing all the time and it's changing all the time like we we regularly when we sit there we ask each other questions where we work so how much more so for people outside like I, I completely get the whole gap between it because yeah, it's, it's murky water. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for clearing the waters that's a bit more okay. for us today. Yeah, okay. And we will definitely have you back if that's okay. Awesome, yeah. yeah thank yeah. you so Matthew much. Matthew Ajar, thank you so much. Oh, thanks, guys. And don't forget to sign up to our mailing list where you'll receive a free 10-day guide especially designed to inspire and equip independent music artists with some really useful, practical and inspirational resources. Sign up at www.iamindependent.co.uk For more great content from I Am Independent, find us on social media at We Are Independent Artists. Check out our Spotify playlist for new music from independent artists. Search We Love Independent Music.